It is good to be in the house of the Lord, and it's good to be in your presence. And Pastor Daniel has been so gracious in helping uh, just organize and orchestrate, you know, some of the, the happenings that uh, is going on. And of course, I, I have a real love for him. We were here, oh gosh, it was several months ago. Uh, it was before the, the parking lot was paved. Wow, 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 wow. Isn't that nice? Wow. Congratulations. Great job, team. So, but Pastor Daniel and I, last, last time we were here, we were sitting out waiting for Pastor Jay and Cindy, and we were going to do lunch, and, and we got talking about guitars. And I, I said, is that a Gibson guitar you're playing? And he says, well, yeah, it is. And I says, I love Gibson guitars, and, and shared a little bit of my Gibson story, and that is this. My, my father passed away many years ago, and um, one day before my mom passed away, five or six years ago, I was looking at one of her closets underneath the stairwell, and, and there was this old guitar. And I recognized it because it was actually one that I had learned to play on. We, I grew up in an area where there, era where there was no video games. Um, <laughs> there was no internet. Uh, there were things like uh, building blocks and guitars and instruments. That's all we had. We didn't even have TV. In fact, in fact, believe it or not, I know I don't look this old, but we had, an, we had a three-holer, okay? Those of you that don't know what that is, don't experience it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but in the evenings, the only thing we had to do after chores growing up on the farm was get our instruments and play. So at five years old, I learned to play the guitar, and, and uh, it was that same guitar that I saw in the deep, dark bowels of, of the cobweb-infested uh, under the stairwell of my mother's house. And I said, Mom, what are you going to do with that guitar? I don't know. She said, just take it, get it out of here. Wasn't even in a case. So I first thing I did is I bought a nice case for it. And just there it sat for years and years and years. Till one day, uh, my grandson decided he wanted to take guitar lessons. And I thought, oh, that old guitar, it might be good for him. He can't hurt it, right? It's already, you know, like old. And so I took it to a, a gentleman in town that's very well known in the music guitar industry. And he had a studio there and he had, I don't know, 10 or 12 students that were practicing guitar. And I said, I, I just need you to tell me about this guitar. So I opened up the case and he went, oh my goodness. He had every one of his students stop what they were doing, come and look at this guitar and they said, you will never in your lifetime see another guitar like this. And I'm sitting there going, what are you talking about, dude? He begins to tell me it's an L1 Gibson, uh, 100 years old. Very, very few of them around in today's world. In fact, I, I saw one that, that was auctioned off recently for more than uh, a new brand new pickup cost. Um, and I thought, oh, my, my grandson's not going to touch this. No, 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 no. <laughs> so maybe next time I'll, I'll come and we'll, we'll have to bring it out. I, I have it tuned up and I play at funerals and, and uh, different things that, uh, what did I do? Oh, uh, sorry, Doug. Thank you, Doug, for bringing this up here. Um, and we'll, we'll play a song together, so we'll, we'll bring it out. But I have known Pastor Jay for many years. In fact, I was his overseer when he was sent here. Uh, in our previous organization, I, I say this is my words, but he was sent here to die. Um, when this this church was, there was less than 20 people here, um, maybe less than 15. And 
he was sent here for a purpose and a reason. And I am so blessed and honored to see what God has done through you and through his leadership and through what God has done in him to bring the church back to the place of its former glory, in, in fact, even more so. And so congratulations, Pastor Jay and Cindy, and you, the people of the Bridge Church. Thank you. But it's the team that comes together that makes it happen. Pastor Daniel and Doug and Pastor Jay and Cindy, um, and just the whole, the whole worship team with Tyler on the sound. Let's give Tyler a good hand right, right back there. We got Aaron up on PowerPoint. Give Aaron a hand. He's back up there all by himself. Good job, brother. You know, Don brought this out. He polished it, spit shined it. No, you know, makes it all look good. You know, so if the sermon gets boring, just admire his work, okay? But you know, it's it's times that that we have in life that I I understand, Pastor Jay. We talk have talked a lot through the years. Um, and it's in those times, it's his times of frustration, his times of fear. You know, he called me when the car drove through the, mm-hmm, and ended up, mm-hmm, yep, yep. And you know, that was kind of the beginning of the exposure of the Bridge Church. Really was. The news captured it all over the state of Idaho. You know, how this, these kids just had to get to the altar so fast and they just drove there. <laughs> you know? It was amazing. And I was here and saw the car and I saw, they missed that main beam over there by that much or the whole thing would have come down. But, you know, it's from there to the food ministry, which we'll talk about in in a moment. Uh, Just the miracle of miracles that, that happens. But, you know, it couldn't happen without you. Without your prayers, without your support, without your giving, without your just being a part of the hands and feet of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that a little more today. But I, I want to get into the Word today and, and just share with you a life, a day in the life of Jesus. And it's in that day that you're going to see a lot of comparisons between what Pastor Jay does and what he continues to do and what he desires to do. But before we get there, I just want to just also just want to say thank you, an introduction to, to you, the body of Christ, and you, the, the Bridge Church to the, the lady that makes my heart beat outside of the Lord that brought the sun to shine once again, and that's my wife, Lynette. So would you please greet Lynette? <clears throat> Let's pray. Bow with me. Lord, thank you so much for just allowing us to come and just take the next 35 minutes and talk about you. what you've done, how you've resurrected us to life again, how we've felt your touch, come to know your voice and experience you in a real way, maybe for the first time or maybe it's just rekindling that first love. Father, we want to acknowledge you as our Lord as our Savior, as our Master, as our King. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You know, it's in the Gospel of Mark where we're going to be today, Mark chapter 1. You know, Mark in Mark's Gospel in the New Testament, he portrays Jesus as a servant. And it's that servant's heart 
that we just love and we capture that through the writings in in the book of Mark. And so today in chapter 1, beginning in verse number uh, 9, I want us to read some passages of Scripture here. We're going to actually be reading, um, I think we'll stop at 9 for just a moment, then we'll we'll continue. But Mark chapter 1 and verse number 9. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there into the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered unto him. Now after John was put into prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and be baptized. Let's go ahead with verse 16. And he walked by the water, walked by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, who were also in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately they called he called them, and they left their nets, Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and he went with them. Verse 21, let's continue. Then they came into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teachings, for they taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 25. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Verse 27. Then they were all amazed, and they questioned among themselves, saying, Well, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the regions of Galilee. Let's continue, verse 29. Now as as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew, and with James and John, But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever. And they told him about her at once. And he came, took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And 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 she served them. Verse 32. At the evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick, those who were demon possessed, and the whole city gathered together at the door. Then... He healed many who were sick of various diseases, cast out many demons. 
<clears throat> he did not allow the, the demons to speak because, because they knew him. Verse 35, our final verse that we'll read. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before day, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there prayed. A day in the life of Jesus. He had a pretty full, pretty full plate. Pretty full. But you know, it was in those times that he, as he called the fishermen, as he called the various people, as he called those various ones, his popularity began to grow. It's amazing when we start doing the things that Jesus wants us to do, how the community, how the public, how society in a, as a, in a whole takes notice and goes, is that? Could that be? Is that real? Or what do they want? <clears throat> All real. Oh, how about this one? They're not like us, so therefore we can't ever do anything with them. Really? You know, the last time I read the Bible... When Jesus did miracles, he didn't ask for their denominational card or their, their, their card or whatever. He just said, come as you are, right? I, I, I mean, I'm just, just being honest here because the reality is Jesus doesn't color, care what color you are, what nationality you are, what, what, what you are or who you are. He doesn't care. He accepts you just as you are. But his popularity was growing. And it's in that popularity that, that just, just, just the people couldn't understand it. The, the Jewish leaders and they were coming around going, wow, we've never drawn a crowd like that before. Well, we've never heard that before. Now, what about this healing business? I, I, I want to tell you that Jesus still does heal. He still does provide. But it's in this day, we see in verse 29, as soon as they come out of the synagogue and all the things that were happening, all of a sudden, the miracles were taking place. Have you ever seen a miracle? I think you're experiencing one in this church. A miracle of biblical proportion reaching people. Think about your own life, your journey, how you heard about the Bridge Church, how you heard about Pastor Jay, how you heard about it. Was it on Facebook? Was it on the radio? Was it on TV? Where was it? On social media? Pastor Jay showed me his following on social media. I'm going, oh my gosh. You, you touch a lot of people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jay, I know you're watching today and you should turn this off because you're on sabbatical. <laughs> but Jesus was healing the sick. He said he healed many that were sick. I, I, I love modern medicine. In fact, in my, you know, if I had to do life all over again, I would become a surgeon. I love the study of medicine. I love the integral parts of what makes up people and all that gooey, gooey stuff. But it's not going to happen. So what I get to do is I get to pray. And it's in those times of prayer that I have seen God do miracle upon miracle there was one day that i was one sunday i was we were pastoring in boise and and uh i was helping lead the worship that particular sunday and the place was absolutely packed full of people and and all of a sudden i saw some commotion in the back of, of the foyer in in and i thought what in the world is that all of a sudden one of the elders comes running up and says pastor come quick come quick so i handed my microphone off to someone i run to the back 
to find little sister Mildred Borchard passed out in the foyer. And everybody's standing around going, what do we do, Pastor? What do we do? <laughs> well, we pray, number one. Then I was trained EMT, so I, I went down and was going to administer CPR on her and no pulse anywhere. And I thought, oh my, okay, here we go. And I was about ready to do CPR. And all of a sudden, this strange thought come over me, maybe you should pray too. So I put my hands on her shoulders and I said, in the name of Jesus, Mildred Borchard, rise up, breathe. And all of a sudden she, just like, I, I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. And, and she, she sat up and she was so angry at me because she had gone home to meet her husband that died many years before and now she has to live on this earth and she, she told me that she says I am so mad at you I have to clean my house now <laughs> sorry but sister Borchard lived another 15 years and I actually performed her funeral in Boise and uh, all she could remember in, in her failing years was Pastor Jim Pastor Jim I know the power of prayer I know miracles but I never take them for granted. Because the other part is, is I prayed for people as they have gone to the, in, in the arms of the angels to the Heavenly Father. I, I've, I prayed with them and haven't seen newness of life come, but yet it did come in a different way. I believe in miracles. So did Jesus. This was just an average day for him, you know? But the whole city came out. And it was in that, that another thing that Jesus did in his miraculous life is he fed the hungry. Feeding the hungry people. Now, whoever thought of that? Jesus did, right? I look at the Bridge Church and am so excited. I talked to Pastor Jay a lot, a lot through that. Because we had started, we had started the feeding ministry and just the connections with, with Convoy of Hope and Feed the Children and and the other ministries that were nationwide where we were getting truckloads and truckloads and truckloads of food. And I didn't know what to do, but it didn't start there. It started with some fish. I get this call from a fish hatchery here in Idaho and says, hey, we heard that you, uh, Mike, could get, give some fish away. I said, yeah, I guess. Well, we have some fish, steelhead, that we would like to give you. Okay, all right, a few fish, you know, a few trout, no big deal, right? Well, there was a truck that came, refrigerated truck that came. There were 600 steelhead fish. <clears throat> 600. I am not joking. 600. And I'm thinking, oh my, what do we do? Ha! Got it! I'll call Wonder Bread and have 600 loaves of bread delivered immediately. <laughs> so, here they come with a truckload of bread. And we gave 600 slimy, stinky, unclean fish right out of the river and a loaf of bread. And we said, here you go. <laughs> oh, then next week came. They called and said, well, you know, uh, we've, we've had a really run on, on salvaged fish and we have, we have a few more. Oh, okay, all right. Um, well, how many, how many do you have? Oh, we have about 5,000. Wonder Bread. <laughs> so, so we started feeding. We fed 5,000 people. 5,000 people. I get this. 
feeding the hungry. It didn't stop from there. It just kept going and going and going. The final year that, that we were able to facilitate that, we had given away 11 million pounds of food that one year. Unbelievable. So Pastor Jay, I got him hooked up a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things that we realized that it was doing was loving people to life. Because now all of a sudden, I didn't ask for where they went to church. I didn't ask what ward they belonged to. I didn't ask where they fellowship. I didn't care. Because I was going to love people to life and I needed help. And they started coming and coming and coming. And all of a sudden, our little church of 120-some people was now, just a few months later, running over 1,000 people. And we didn't know what to do with everybody. So we kept having food giveaways. And they just kept coming and coming and coming. Sound familiar? Does that sound very familiar? And it was in that that we realized that, that people just needed some place to connect there was a disconnect in their, in their church culture, disconnect in their community. Somewhere there was a disconnect, and we were going to be the ones that latched on hand-to-hand, arm-to-arm, to say, let's feed the hungry. It's kind of like what Jesus did, you know? I mean, very similar. One of the pastors that called me was that through all this, which I, I certainly took a lot of heat as well. I'm sure you have as well. Who do they think they are? You know, I'm sure you've had it. But one of the pastors says, you know, I'm just so amazed. Pastor, you took off your suit and put on your overalls. And I thought, that's it right there. Too many pastors, um, excuse me if this offends you, if this offends those that's watching, I really don't care, okay? I don't care. But there's too many pastors that are lazy. Too many pastors, all they want to do is just sit, preach a little sermonette to the Christianettes, and do absolutely nothing in their community. When Jesus was not that kind of leader, he was a man who, who fed the hungry. He was a man who healed the sick. He was a man who, who got involved. And that's what kind of pastor, Pastor Jay and Cindy are, your pastors. Thank God for them. <clears throat> I was absolutely amazed when I saw this next, next, assist, next statistic come up of your pallets of love. Pastor Jay called me and says, I, oh, I've outgrown my, the facility. The, the cars are, are, are backed up to the streets and the police and the mayor and the, the police chief told us we couldn't do anything here anymore. And I said, well, yeah, that's a problem. He says, but I got a solution. He said, there's this old drive in down the road a ways. What do you think? And I said, you brilliant, you bugger you. <laughs> You got this figured out. <laughs> he says, and, and we've changed it to pallets of love. What do you think? And I said, there once again, brilliant. I'll bet, I'll bet Cindy came up with that one. <laughs> but just look at the progression. In 2016, 180,000 pounds. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. You know, 2017, 195,000. Yeah, a little better. 2018, it's almost 700,000 pounds of food. No wonder we look like we do. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> oh. 2019, 
515,000 pounds of food given to this community. Unbelievable. Oh, but you ain't seen nothing yet. In 2020, <clears throat> the pandemic, everything shut down, right? I mean, it was the craziest time in, in, in modern history. Almost 1.5 million pounds of food. Praise God. You know, and he couldn't do it. They couldn't do it without your help. And if you've never been involved with that, you know, or you're watching and say, I've never been involved with that, just come and give it a try. Put on one of those vests. Pastor Daniel will put you to work, baby. He will put you to work. <laughs> but you know what's in that work that you can't continue to give, 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 personally. You have to have a time to recharge. You have to have that time. Jesus did it. I mean, he had a very, very busy schedule. And it's in that schedule that, that he, he chose to not just be a robot, but to get outside of that and, and to recharge himself, just like you need to, just like Pastor Jay and Cindy need to. Because it's, it, I, I grew up on a dairy farm, and unfortunately the milk cows don't milk themselves and they don't take a day off. So my structure was, you just get up and go to work. You, so you're, you're sick? Who cares? So you're throwing up on the way to the milk barn. Get over it. So you stubbed your toe. You, you hurt your ankle. So use the other one. You know? <laughs> but we can't continue that. And I want to tell you, going on sabbatical was the wisest thing that Pastor Jay and Cindy could do. I too reached that, that point. It's like, I, I can't do this any longer at the speed that I was going. So a sabbatical is nothing more than just getting away, isolating yourself, getting ministered to, um, and, and just a time of rest and relaxation and, and feeding, spiritual feeding. Pastor Jay's not a robot, and he's a horrible delegator. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll get it done. Yeah, I know you will. But at what cost? So I've talked with him many times about this. I said, Jay, you've got to take time for yourself. Yeah, but there's another truck coming. And boy, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a I, I, I just have to, I, 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 I said, just shut up. <laughs> I have that kind of relationship with it. Don't, you know, that's, that's just me. The ministry continues and will continue. But let me, let me be very pastoral with you. Some of you need to step up. Cindy does all the book work and everything in the office and coordinates everything. Some of you need to take that off her plate. Pastor Jay needs to delegate some of this stuff. His job, yes, is to feed the hungry, yes, to heal the sick, yes, to do that. But when he's tired and give out, he's just grumpy. And he needs to recharge. Some of you need to step up. You know what I'm talking about? Go, mm-hmm, I get it. It's, it's in that recharging time that it is fun to give away. I mean, it's fun. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the funner times that, funner, funner, funner times, that doesn't sound right. One of the, <laughs> one of the funner times, um, we had a load of ice cream. 
I think you guys had some ice cream too to give away, right? Okay, you've done it. Well, we had just given several truckloads of, of other stuff away um, that required freezer space, including yogurt and whatever, whatever we had. Now we have this truckload of ice cream, and it just seemed like, oh, the people aren't really coming, you know, to get it because their freezers are full. So here in my brilliance, or maybe the lack thereof, and if this offends people, that's just get over it. But I didn't come out of the womb shouting hallelujah. This is not a hymn of the church, but it spoke to me. There's a song from the Doobie Brothers that dates me a little bit called Taking It to the Streets. I'll even give you an air guitar rendition of it. Taking it to the streets. Okay. Now, what's that? That was pretty good, right? Right? Those of you that are in my air. Come on, right? Okay. So, so I thought, taking it to the streets. Got it. We hooked up a, a trailer. We put all, uh, just a bumper hitch trailer, hooked it up to my pickup, put all the ice cream on the pickup, the pallets on, on, on the pickup at the trailer, and we marched up and down every street in Burley, Idaho, and knocked on every door, and every door got ice cream if they wanted it or not. <laughs> and we took it to the streets. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So I, I was known as the fish pastor for a lot of years. After that, I was the ice cream pastor. But we have to take time to recharge. In Mark chapter 1, thir verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. You know, we must have times to recharge. Times of stress that come upon us. And Jesus departed to that place where we, we all balance this act. I recently went to a, a massage therapist and, and she said, you carry your stress on your hips. I think, what? I'm a guy. <laughs> but we all carry stress somehow, some way. It all affects us in different ways. We have to learn to de-stress. And guys, sometimes it's harder than women. Sometimes women are harder than men because they're with the kids all the time and they just got to keep feeding those little buggers, you know? <laughs> it just doesn't stop. But we must come to the realization that rest is needed regardless of where you are. It's in that that Jesus did these three things. These three things. And the next 14 minutes, I want to disclose just what those are. Now in the morning, having risen a great while before day, he departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. You know, number one, the first thing, is Jesus departed. Did I get those slides mixed up? I think I did. No, I didn't. He departed to a solitary place. You know, Lynette and I, we are the proud parents of nine kids. We understand what stress is. They're from 41 to 18. We, we were going to go on vacation this last week. I know I don't look that old, either does she, so just, it's okay, it's all right, you know, fountain of youth, baby. <clears throat> um, we decided to have a staycation. 
So we had kids stacked everywhere. In fact, we, were, we, we, we bought this 12-person tent to put all the adult kids and their, their families in these, these uh, six-person and a 12-person tent. Do you, know what they, do you know what they didn't want to do? Go to the tent. They didn't want to do it in our backyard. They would not do it. I don't understand. What's wrong with these kids, right? It's fun. So the other, the other day, I, we, at dinner time, I said, here, I'm preaching this sermon, and I need your input. Young person's input. Okay. I laid the foundation, just like I did with you, and I said, <clears throat> um, Jesus departed. When you get stressed out, kids, where do you go? Where do you go when you're stressed out? Well, one of our daughters said, uh, I go to the bathroom. <clears throat> I lock the door. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. Mommy, mommy. You know, right? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. One of our other sons, he says, I just go play games in my game room. Shut everything out. Turn the ringer off on my phone. And it's the game room, right? We've been to his game room. It's a bedroom that's it's got a screen this big and... You know, it's like live action. One of our other sons, he says, I go for a drive. He's our military son that was uh, medically discharged uh, from the army after many, many years, and he lives with us. He says, I just go for a drive. He loves to drive. And he'll be gone, and he won't answer his phone. One of the other kids says, well, I just go to bed. I sleep, I sleep it off. I just, just want to go to sleep. The other one says, I just want to go home. And this is one that didn't, for some reason, it didn't shift up on the slides. He goes to the gym. He loves to work out, pump iron, you know, do the things that, that he, he likes to do. But Jesus, he departed. He departed to that place that, that eliminated some of his stress. Now, number two is this. He says he went to a solitary place. Now, where is your solitary place? Where do you go when you're stressed out? What do you do? All of us have those points. All of us must, must face reality. And if we don't take care of it, someone else will, unfortunately. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to. Well, you know, life just doesn't stop. I'm not saying stop life. I'm, so, I'm saying take care of yourself. He went to a solitary place and there prayed. You know, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, there's this guy by the name of Elijah. Now, Elijah, he was one that, he had a pretty stressful moment because he was warring over, you know, religious freedom and the things of God and the things of Jezebel and Ahab that were controlling and, 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 and trying to kill all the people of God, the, the prophets of God. There was a famine in the land. Um, and he just... He was, he was at the end. So there was this great showdown. The drought was about to end. He called, he saw a, a cloud the size of a man's hand coming and it poured. He ran for his life. And as he ran for his life, because he knew that if he was going to get, if he was, were to be caught, he would be killed. He would be executed by Jezebel and Ahab. He ran a day's journey, the scripture tells us. And he was, he, as he was in there, it actually, a form of depression came over him. 
Because, oh, woe is me. I've done all these great things for God, and now I'm so empty I can't even enjoy it. The Bible here says on the screen, the angels of the Lord ministered to him. Thank God for the angels of the Lord. It says it actually a couple times. As he lay asleep under the broom tree, an angel touched him and said, time to get up, time to go, time to be strengthened. He departed to a solitary place, but he didn't have anybody personally to talk to. We can't just get away to get away because sometimes, I mean, yes, you have to do that, yes. But if that's your only mode, you need people to speak into your life. Iron sharpens iron. You need somebody to pray with you, to stand with you, to go fishing with you or hunting with you or do whatever it, whatever it is. Whatever it is. You need to have that time of release. Retail therapy. Ladies, <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> uh-huh. Go to Cabela's. Guys, go get on your tractor, your lawnmower, you know. But you've got to re-energize. You must. You know, the, the other thing that Jesus did is it says that he modeled prayer and, and, he, and he prayed. He went to a solitary place and there he prayed. <clears throat> now, I love to pray. As I received Christ in my heart and life, there was just something about this element of prayer that just captivated my heart because I wanted that, it, 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 I wanted that intimacy with Jesus. That's not a bad word. I wanted that intimacy with Jesus, that, that agape love that, that transforms all, all other kind of human love. I, I wanted to have that. And so as I would kneel down in prayer, I would just cry out to God, oh, please, do that work inside of me. Do that work inside of me as only you can do. And I did it day after day after day after day. And I, I, I want to tell you that 40-some years later, I still love to pray, and I do it every morning because it's so valuable to me. Jesus modeled this prayer and he said, he said, he, he not only departed to that solitary place, but there he prayed. And what do we pray about? What are our expectations in prayer? What is prayer? These are just a few. It's a place of vision. God, I need a new vision. Without vision, the people perish. We read in Proverbs. I want a new vision for my life, my ministry, my business. I'll tell you, if, if, if you're in a place of business and you go, I, I just don't know what to do. It's just not working. Commit it to God. Commit it to prayer. Because here's what, here's what the, the, the Proverbs tells us. We commit our ways to the Lord. Our ways to the Lord. Our thoughts will be established. Think about that. As we commit our ways to the Lord, our thoughts will be established. Lord, I commit my, my new business venture to you. Let it come. Lord, I commit my, my situation to you. Get a new vision for it. Get a new passion for it. Secondly, prayer is a place of refreshing. I love to pray to just be refreshed. It's, it's very refreshing for me just to spend time with, with the Lord. And, and, and I have a very, very busy schedule. And, you know, one of the things that, that I do is I'll, I'll turn on YouTube worship, uh, piano or organ or hymns or something, and, and relatively low in my office. I think it's low, but my wife says, that's really loud, I get it too. <laughs> but it's just a time of refreshing. It's a time of refreshing. And then all of a sudden, my 
fog gets cleared out of my head and I can feel a new strength coming. All of a sudden, I, I feel I can do this. I can do this. I know I can. I know the scripture says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I know I can do it. And I get up and, and, and do it in, in the strength of the Lord. It's also just a place of solitude. Just a place to, to go. I, I love to go hunting and fishing and love it. Sit on the mountain, take a nap, baby. Mm-hmm. They could walk right past me, those big ones. Mm-hmm. And I really don't care. I got, I got a lot of them on the wall that I stayed awake for, but the biggest ones I'm sure got away. Just a place of solitude. And fifthly, it's a place of connection. Connecting with the Lord. Maybe connecting, God will show you you need to connect with an old friend, an old relative. Maybe it's a connection with somehow. And then sixthly, you fill in the blank. It's your place to what? What are we to pray for? Here's some ideas, some suggestions. We need to pray for Pastor Jay and Cindy. Not Pastor Jay, because I, I know this, these guys. Cindy, <clears throat> Jay will say, yep, yep, we got to do this, 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 and Cindy will feel like she has to do it. Right? She'll feel like she has to do it. So she carries a lot of <clears throat> the weight that she really shouldn't. We need to pray for the leadership of the church through this time of sabbatical. I can tell you it's going to be some, one, some of the greatest times of networking and fellowshipping with one, with another, with, you know, with when Pastor Jay and Cindy are away. Let it let grow through this. This is a much stronger church. Pray for guidance. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Guidance. <clears throat> Pray for wisdom. We were at a place in the church that we, oh my gosh, we, we couldn't, find enough places to store stuff, freezer space. And all of a sudden, God opened up a, one of the local freezers and they said, you can store as much as you want in there. And so it'd be truckload after truckload would be in, in one of the freezers. Um, we, we didn't know what to do, you know, because we, we saw the need just continue and continue. And so there was a man that, uh, <clears throat> he was probably one of the wealthiest men in the state of Idaho, came to me. And uh, he says, Jim, what do you need? Tell me what you need. I'll write you a check for whatever you want. (laughs) Wow, my head was spinning. And I said, this is what I need. This is all I want. I want wisdom. To do what we're supposed to do. That's all I want. He says, that's it? Yep. You know what followed that? There's lots of big checks that I didn't have to ask for. Because I didn't want his money. Didn't need it. God doesn't need it. But God needed his heart. And so he kept writing checks. Gave us a lot of stock, bonds, and other financial papers that that allowed us to, to build a warehouse. That allowed us to get the things we needed. Allowed us to build a facility that, that feeds a at 1.700 families every month, plus the giveaways. Pray for wisdom. Where does this food ministry go? What's your part? 
What do you do with it? Wisdom, God. Then provision. A lot of times when pastors <clears throat> away, well, I don't, need, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to give my tithe or offering. I don't need... No, 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 no. Do it as unto the Lord. Don't do it for Pastor Jay's because he probably doesn't know who gives what anyway. Do it as unto the Lord. Pray for protection. That God would protect this precious couple that was brought here for such a time as this. And then you fill in the blank. Okay, I've got 45 seconds. Two takeaways. <clears throat> Takeaway number one. <clears throat> Find a place to recharge. Is it worshiping? Is it praying? Is it what? Find a place to recharge. You individually. Find that place. And number two. Jesus is your true source of life. He is your true source of life. Musicians, can I have you come, please? You know, maybe you're here today and <clears throat> you're just kind of stressed out. It's not a sin. There's some churches that would say, well, you just have sin in your life. You just get your sin out of your life and then you wouldn't be so stressed out. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that we are not robots. We need rest. And we, we need to be refreshed. Sleep is an amazing thing. It's amazing. I track it on my watch every night. I do. I can tell you what kind of day I'm having. And it said last night, or this morning, it says, you're going to have a fabulous day uh, in the Lord. Amen. And we did. But are you here today? Are you hurting? Have habits? Have hang-ups? Where you just, just need someone to stand with you, to pray with you, talk with you, listen to you? Is that you? I just want you to bow your head just for a moment. Just, just take just a moment. As our musicians just, just start playing softly here. And just do a self-inventory. An inventory of yourself. Father, we need your help today. As I'm watching this, looking out at this people, this great, amazing group of people, that are part of the Bridge Church, the most amazing church. Father, I pray that you would encourage them, that you would just show them, Lord, areas in their life that they, they, need, to take, they need to take charge of. Father, I, I pray for that businessman who doesn't know what to do next. He's just stressed about it. Father, I pray for a multi-million dollar idea to come in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for that mama that's that just doesn't know what to do with her kids. They're just, it's just too much. Father, I pray the peace of God that passes all understanding just flood and flow through that heart and life. 
Father, I pray for that <clears throat> retired husband and wife that thought, oh, finally we can rest. Lord, I pray that you give them rest, that you give them a vision for the life. Lord, I ask in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus, Lord, you just go through every aisle of this auditorium today, touching every heart, every life. Father, touch that single mom who just doesn't know what to do next. That single dad who is just, just beside himself with, where, where do I go? Father, I pray that you, that you would just meet with him in a supernatural way. Father, we know that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. So, Lord, I just pray right now, God, as you go through every row, every aisle, every seat in this auditorium today, and just touch and strengthen people. And Father, while we're in prayer, Lord, we want to focus our attention upon Pastor Jay and Pastor Cindy. Lord, we pray for Jay, God. We pray for his divine health. God, that you would heal him, touch him, restore him. Lord, that you would touch Cindy, God, and, and just help her to release the burdens and cares, God, that she's been carrying. Lord, we just stand in agreement today for them and with them. And we ask, oh God, that you would minister to them just as you did that Old Testament story, Father. We know, oh God, that you're able and willing. So, Lord, today we come just ask that you would just strengthen and touch us, Lord. Help us to follow Jesus' example. To find that place to depart to, that solitary place, and come in contact with you in a real way. In Jesus' name. I invite you all to stand as we sing this chorus one more time as we come to the conclusion of our service today. <clears throat> 